Welcome to Blood Taps, your ultimate True Blood Rewatch podcast, where we sink our teeth into an all-new episode every Thursday. We're your hosts, Ashley and Fawn, so grab your favorite AB positive, and we'll meet you at Merlot's. Hey guys, welcome back to Blood Types. We are on season five, episode six, Hopeless. The aftermath of the asylum has Suki filled with dread. The authority retrieve Bill and Eric. Pam gets involved when Tara's actions lead to a fight. After receiving an alarming message from Jesus, Ruby Jean gets a visit from Lafayette. Terry thinks the curse is to blame for his predicament. Sam lends Andy a hand with an investigation. Alcide faces up to JD and Roman reveals his plan for Russell. Can I just say, I think this show has really shown me that one, I'm a forearms girl, and two, I love a man with authority. Oh, Roman? Roman? Yeah, I was like, um, yes. Yeah, he's thought, he's hot, and he's he's kind of thin. Yeah, I I think I'm with you. I think I'm with you there. Um, he is kind of hot, and the synopsis was a little all over the place. In in the DVD, I had a problem with it because it just talked about um. Like the letter to, or the message to Ruby. And then it talked about like Tara getting in a fight and then something else. And I'm like, you missed the whole plot of this, this episode. It was a good one. I really liked this episode. Yeah. This was probably my favorite episode in a while. Yeah. And I think I, I don't mind Russell as the big bad. If he is the big bad of the season, for some reason he's hitting different, he's hitting <laughs> different this season. You're like, please give me anything. <laughs> I'm like, it's either Russell or a smoke monster. And I'm like, no, thank you, sir. No, I'll take Russell you. things. <laughs> okay, so my beef <laughs> immediately. Immediately. Really beef. <laughs> Immediate beef. Um, the episode opens with Alcide like being dragged away. And he's like on his stomach. You think how many fights this man has been in? He would just like roll over and kick the wolf in the face. I was like, why did he just roll over and kick him with the other foot while he had one of his foot taken? And then later, like, there's a little bit that we'll talk about in a second, but he rounds the corner in, like, 30 seconds and has nothing on him but in his shirt's off. But, like, no scratches. He's barely even sweaty. His, like nothing. He has a bite in his shoulder, but then his shirt is fine. Yeah. And he's just, like, putting his belt back on. Yeah. He goes, sorry, guys. I'm back. <laughs> Oops, my bad. <laughs> I wonder I wonder how many times they're like, okay, we definitely need a shirtless scene. We just we have to have a shirtless scene in every episode. Right. I'm not hating it. No at all. Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> um, but of course Russell would bring wolves to a vampire fight. A very Russell move, if you will. It's a very Russell move. He doesn't do his own fighting. Well, Bill and Eric end up killing those werewolves that Russell has called in. And Alcide essentially is like, oh, the other guy ran off. Eric has grabbed Russell by the throat and is threatening him. And is like, I'm going to fucking kill you. And then Bill comes up behind him and is like, uh-uh-uh. You maybe are bored and like a thousand years old. And maybe you want to kill him, but you don't get to make that decision for me. And he's like, we'll hand him over alive. And maybe at that point, like, we'll be spared. So as soon as Eric drops it, the authority swarms in. I guess they were just waiting to see if they were going to kill him or not. The authority swarms in and is like, we'll take it from here. Don't worry. And so as they are taking Russell out, he is like, 
you will be sorry when I'm fully restored. I'm coming for you. You better hope you're dead before I'm fully restored. You guys are worse than humans. There is no Lilith. And like carries on and on and on as he's being dragged out. Guy with the authority is standing there and is like, why are these two here? Like, why is there a human in the shifter? And Suki quickly is like, oh, Doug. Doug did it. It's all Doug's <laughs> fault. Uh, Doug brought us here. Like that was a name drop. Like he's going to know who Doug is. And it was the black guy who was who was there. But I feel like Russell just is always ready to have a monologue. Like he just has it like on the quip, like just in his back pocket. Um, but we forgot Russell attacked Sookie and she finally like used her flashlight. Oh yeah. yeah. And shot him across the way. I mean, I think he's so old and decrepit. Like I feel like <laughs> Um, he shouldn't have the strength to do that, but I guess since everybody was uh busy, nobody could protect her. Um, yeah, she's like, "Fuck, I have to fight for myself this time." Yeah, but this was very selfish of Bill. They're like, "Uh, uh-uh, we'll we'll glamour them, we'll glamour them," mm-hmm. and he goes in this like tells Sookie goodbye, pretty much. Yeah, um, where she can't have emotion, like she's supposed to be in a right. trance, and he goes that you'll never see me again or stuff like, like he'll just, he's pretty much just telling this girl goodbye. Like you'll forget me and Eric, like you're going to go live in the sunshine. Like you're supposed to with other humans. Yeah. And then I'll see it's like, okay, let's just get it <laughs> over with. And first I thought Eric was going to be nice, but he did the ultimate cock block. He goes, also, <laughs> Suki, you're disgusted by her. <laughs> you're repulsed by her. At all. Like, so I thought he was going to be a gentleman about protect Sookie with your life. Also, do not fuck her. Do not touch her. You think she's gross. She has the most cooties out of anybody in the world. <laughs> the most cootie filled a girl you've ever known. <laughs> well, this obviously Sookie can't be glamored because she's a queen. And then she leaves without seed. And she's like hysterically crying in the car. He's like, why are you crying? And where are we? And how did we get here? Like, what is happening? And she's just sobbing, which I'm like, why didn't he ask more questions, more follow-up questions? Well, she wasn't answering the first one. So I guess she's like, stop. <laughs> he's like, okay, I just got to get home. So we see the authority member. Uh, who was there originally. And he's like, oh, Roman's going to be so happy about Russell. Great job, guys. And as they're put into the back of the van and Bill quotes some scripture back at the guy and Eric is like, okay, enough with the religious bullshit. Like, what are you doing? And Bill's like, I'm just trying to cover my ass. And I was like, do they really not think that they're being listened in on? No, I think they're completely obvious, like oblivious. That's why nobody questions, like, how did the fuck did you know we were here? Nobody asked that. Yeah. No, it's just like all these little things. It's like, um, you guys are literally going to commit your own death. Like, you are going to make your deaths happen because you can't keep your fucking mouth shut. Um, Um, Yeah. Bill's trying to be the, like, biggest ass kisser. (laughs) He's like, everyone has to like me. Oh, me <laughs> me I don't know what it is <laughs> oh so we see that authority member and he is on a bus with all of the humans well he he walked down the hallway and he goes which one is Doug and he finds Doug and the other human sacrifices and they literally was like can you do the thing to make us never remember this at all yeah and he goes, 
that could be arranged and puts them in a little like bus. Have you, is yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, if any, if anybody doesn't live here, there's a little like bigger van, mini like miniature bus. It's like bus but small, and <laughs> it takes older people to their appointments, and that's the kind of bus they're in. And this just does nothing but solidify. I think it's Salome. I think it is Salome. I agree. Doug would be like, "Yeah, I saw her." Um, oh no, not Doug, but one of the human mm-hmm. sacrifices. Um, was like, yeah, I saw her. I could pick her out of a lineup. And then when they're taking every, like, he's about to glamour everybody in the bus, the authority guy, mm-hmm. he ends up killing everybody. And I'm like, he's like, okay, everybody buckle your seatbelts and then shows his fangs and kills them all. Yeah. I think it's Salome. I will go down with this ship. This is the heel <laughs> I will die on. At least yours is like normal. <laughs> I hope everybody else feels this way because I'm like, I am for sure. But then I have never been able to guess the end of a movie correctly in a long time. So if I... By the end of this episode, I was like, Ashley's right. It has to be. Who else is that small in like the the flashback? But then she's too busy like a lie detector fucking people. I don't know. I don't know when she has the time. (laughs) Well, I think more towards the end of the episode is when it kind of solidifies for me that like... It's her. Okay. Well, I guess we'll skip over that part for now. And do you want to do Alcide and Suki real fast? Yeah. Doesn't he wake up in her bed? Yeah. And he looks so huge in that bed. It's His feet are like off the bed. Yeah. <laughs> so he goes downstairs and she is just sitting at the table and is like, coffee is here. And if you want breakfast, you have to cook it yourself. And so he's like, um, okay, I guess. Like, are you okay? And she's like, no, I'm not okay. I just want a normal life, Alcide. I just want a normal fucking life. And he's like, okay. Um, and he starts getting these flashbacks of him and Suki having sex. And it's like, oh man, we drank a lot right last night, right? And she's like, yep, sure did. And then he's like, uh, did we have sex? And then she goes, no, some other stuff happened. And so she goes to touch his hand and he recoils. And she's like, did you just recoil away from me? And then goes, oh, fucking Eric. And is like, close your eyes and then picks up his hand. And he obviously remembers everything from the night before. Um, so after he remembers, he literally just leaves. And he goes, okay, bye. I'm just going to stay here and quietly slip into a coma. And I was like, that's me. Literally, I am Suki Stackhouse because that is how any mild inconvenience that happens. I'm like, well, just guess I'm going to die here. <laughs> I wish my sex appeal was stronger than glamour. Like, I wish, uh, me too. I wish I could just like, touch somebody and they forget everything i still don't understand how her powers work how she has to be so fucking afraid to do anything and then she could just touch alcita breakfast and then suddenly she can make him remember it's like sometimes she's in control and sometimes she isn't it's she's like oh this is convenient and i remember how to do it and then other times she's just like oh yeah oopsie well her inconsistency is making my head spin i swear to god (laughs) well alcita after that goes to the pack the werewolf pack and he finds JD, who is Martha's husband. And he's like rubbing all up on this young girl. And Alcide's like, does Martha know about the vamp juice and all these girls? And JD's like, Martha and I have an agreement. And so Alcide is like, I don't care about you, JD, but I care about these others. And I know that you're juiced up. And uh, I'm not going to let, like, I'll let you go down, but I'm not going to let you take all of these other people with you. And so they duel or they 
arranged for a duel. And um, hot girl number one, I didn't know her name, so I'm just calling her hot girl number one, uh, decides to take Alcide's side and be his second. Because according to werewolf law, you need a second to fight with the pack master. So hot girl and Alcide are going to fight JD for the pack, I guess. Uh, yeah, because he, he walked in to kind of like, well, guess what? I'm the pack master now. Uh, I take ownership. Yeah, Alcide's like, okay, just kidding. I want to be the pack master now. And JD's like, <laughs> oh, we got rules, bitch. And uh, he goes, you got to have a second, which I don't understand. It, it's like, yeah. it's like Hamilton. Like, you have to have a second to duel. And <laughs> I don't understand that. So that girl was like, listen, I- I'll do it. I'm going to be a second. And then when Alcide leaves, he goes, just tell me where and when. And then that girl just sits there and like stares JD down. And I'm like, what is happening? And they're like, send me a text. Call me, beat me, okay? Oh my gosh. This is where he, he says, put your meat where your bark is. I literally wrote that down. <laughs> yeah, I said, put your meat where your bark is because I had to go back. I was like, I had to have misheard that. There's no way that's the line. I said, what? <laughs> what do you meet where your bark is? I mean, I've heard money where your mouth is. I've heard a lot of things, but well, this is unknown to me. I'm going to start saying that to you. Put your meat where your mouth is, or your meat where your bark is. <laughs> One thing I've been saying that I swear I heard from this show, I think it was earlier in the series, where like somebody said, you make my ass itch. Did somebody say that? No lead to Melinda. That boy makes my ass itch. Oh, yeah. Damn. He's a terrible character, but I love that one. <laughs> when I first typed it in, the first thing goes, why does my anus itch? <laughs> <laughs> that is a story for another day. <laughs> we don't talk about hemorrhoids here. <laughs> <laughs> That's a different podcast. <laughs> All right. Where do you want to go next? Do you want to do Jason, since that kind of ties into Suki? Yes. Okay. So Jason is asleep on his couch and looks up and sees his dad who literally doesn't say anything the entire time until the very end. It just stares at Jason as Jason also starts monologuing about the dream he had about his parents being alive and his dad calling him champ and how it felt to be called champ and how it made him feel good to be called champ and not because I don't know. I stopped listening halfway through, but just because it made him feel really good. And I put in here, I was like, this one-sided heart to heart is uh, killing my vibe. So he tells his dad, he's like, I will kill the vampire who hurt you. And the dad says, the only thing you have to fear is, and then Jason wakes up. And haven't we all had a dream where it ends before you get to the good part? It's the worst, like, it's the worst, like, I got blue balls from that. I hate waking up with blue balls. I hate waking up with blue balls. It's the worst. It's like hell on earth, you know, when you wake up and like, God, uh, I could have finished a dream. I love that you don't really know what that means, but it just sounds great. I feel like I've woken up with blue balls before. I've definitely had like a precipice sex dream that I've woken up from and been like, damn it, I needed like 30 more minutes. I, girl, you, you haven't tantra sex. I'm just <laughs> control what is in my dream. Oh, that's true. You have no. I just I ballpark thirty minutes to just like give myself a healthy amount of time, you know. <laughs> Pencil it in. That's the best. 
So Jason afterwards shows up more lots and he finds Slippy and he is like, okay, this is what really happened to our parents. They are, we, they were killed by vampires. Um, and she's like, I don't believe you. You're crazy. Who the hell told you this? And he's like, well, Hadley did. Hadley and Hunter are the fairy nightclub that I went to. And so he's like, okay, well, I have to go. Like, take me there immediately. And so Jason takes her to the field where the nightclub is. And she starts hearing all these things. And she's like, well, maybe it's a portal to another dimension. I don't really know. But then she just walks into this, like, green portal. And Jason tries to follow him behind her at first and is able to, but eventually goes in. And I see people... Oh, so he pulls in that train. Yeah. And so they see a bunch of people dancing on the stage. And I am not a dancer. So maybe it's just me, but I was confused. I was like, we're having sex. It's it's the era for me. Like, it seems like a cool yeah. place to go see people dance. But then mm-hmm. it's like, they're trying to fuck people. And yeah. yet they're da- dancing to like 1920s. But I guess they're all fucking old. So they're like, this was the jams. <laughs> I was when I was uh on earth, you know. They're so like, we won't change the tunes, but we'll change the dress. The kids love these bangers. Just <laughs> show some cleavage. <laughs> exactly. We love when we flip girls over our like over our shoulders and all kind of stuff while they're wearing yeah. just bras. If you're a like, dancer, you are like on another plane of existence to me because I am like, how? How do you do it? That core strength, I will that will never be me. Yeah. No, God no. But more power to you. Uh, so they obviously go in and then Suki's standing there looking and she sees Hadley and they go and hug each other. And Suki is like, oh my God, you have to leave. Like you and Hunter need to get out of here. You're not safe. And Hadley's like, what do you mean? You're not safe. I'm just glad that you weren't eaten by a vampire. And then she runs into Claudine, Claudine's brother. Yeah. Okay. And they start talking about, so he's like, oh, sorry about Claudine. By the way, you guys are ugly. And he's like, yeah, we have to match what the wavelengths are where we are. And uh, also your oversized baby head is any better. Uh, So then Suki goes to the bar, literally just had this interaction, then finds him at the bar and is like, hey, sorry about that. And he's like, oh, it's all good. There are my four sisters who are all named Claudine, Claudette. Like, it's just all these names. All Claudes. Yeah. Yeah. And so he's like, we came before the portal closed and we've just been living here and Hunter and Hadley are safe. And Jason is like, okay, but who killed our parents? Like, was it a vampire? And Suki starts reading everybody's mind and everybody's like, oh, should we tell her? Should we not? Should we not? And then the guy eventually is like, okay, well, all I knew from Claudine was that this vampire smelt something in your parents' black seat. And we see that it was Suki's Band-Aid. And she's like, no, I don't believe you. And she screams and she tries to use her zappy fingers, but then she gets zapped out of the nightclub. Gotta suck it. Gotta suck when you find out you're the reason your parents got killed. Yeah. Especially for something you can't control. Like, it was a Band-Aid, you know? She didn't know she had special blood. Yeah, but uh, her parents didn't either? Question mark? They just thought she was weird could hear thoughts. It's weird. Yeah. I don't know. So, who who knows? Um, okay, so we have Jessica and Tara, Terry and Patrick, Sam and Luna, Lafayette, and then the big stuff with Bill and Eric. I think we should kind of, let's go to Terry. Okay. Mm -hmm. So Terry and Patrick are outside of Eller's house and they see the Efreet coming out and coming after them and they take off running. And they just know that Eller's dead, obviously, because how would he not be? 
So suddenly it's daytime when we see them next and they are driving and Terry is like, let me out of the car. Let me out of the car right now. And instead of like Patrick stopping, Terry just launches himself out of the car and then Patrick puts him in park and gets out and runs after him and then like tackles him in a field. I liked this part because Terry uh, finally stood up to him. Well, first he, like mm-hmm. Patrick keeps calling him private. Right. And, and he's like, I'm not your private. I'm not your private. We're not in the war. And then he... Do don't ever don't ever trust somebody who goes from like being upset to start. He just starts laughing. Yeah, yeah, and then he starts like we're all gonna die, and I'm like, okay, all right, I'm out. Oh, thanks. <laughs> that's the best joke I've ever heard too. Yeah, but what is that when he goes straight to our lead? Yeah, he goes to Merlots after being like, I'll meet you at the truck. This, this is what I have a hard time. This is what I hate. So he did this to her at work. And I said, I, I said, he comes to her, tells her, hey, I'm leaving for good. And no, we can't work it out because um, you're going to die. And now she has to just go refill drinks and take food out to people like nothing happened because Sookie just left in between a shift. Again, find out about her fairy parents or for how who killed her parents who've been dead for years who will still be dead tomorrow when she's off of work. Mm-hmm. But uh, no, she had to do it right now, and she has to hear like the worst thing in her entire life that her husband's just leaving and all of this stuff. But she is taking it like he's hallucinating. She keeps me like, yeah. you're off your meds. You're going to have to take your meds if you want to be in this family. Like, maybe you should go back to, I guess, a rehab place is from what she said. And all of that, I just feel so bad for Arlene. Because she's like, I don't understand. Like, everything was just fine a week ago, and now Patrick shows up, and you're fucking, like, off the deep end. Shit, this was a week? No, I'm not. We're not starting that conversation. Yeah, no. <laughs> We don't talk about the timeline anymore. We don't talk about the timeline anymore. <laughs> so that's pretty much for Terry, right? Yeah. He just leaves and is like, if I say you'll die. And he's like, well, I guess you better go then. And then he hugs her and is like, thank you so much. And then he leaves. Oh, don't. I mean, can't ever catch a break, dude. No, neither of them. Mm-hmm. All right. What next? Sam oh, and Luna? Uh, before we back up, I should have brought this up earlier. But Arlene, Holly, and Sookie's talk about like boys being dogs have one of my favorite lines. Um, so they're at the window and they're all talking about how they hate men. And Arlene says, or Sookie says, men are dogs. And Arlene mm-hmm. says, dogs you can't depend on for nothing, no matter how good they've been to you or how different you thought this one was. And that was real sad. They're like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know I love their little like girl powwow yeah they're just like talking about boys and getting along <laughs> Arlene has had the rough go of it uh, she has had the rough go of it I, fucking I know but Renee did treat her well he just uh, said, yeah oh. before he tried to murder everyone she cared about <laughs> I don't think she cared about Sookie or Fair enough. she cared about losing her babysitter I mean, true. And I would have found out, be like, hey, you just keep killing people that I work with, so I'm going to have to keep covering their shifts. So can you, like, pick a different... Can you pick a yeah, different... Yeah, or get rich and do it. Like, if you're going to do it, at least buy me a house. Exactly. Pick someone rich. But I think that's it. But I am so glad that Luna is not dead. I was so upset. I was so upset. 
but she's alive. Nobody mm-hmm. knows where Emma is, at least when you first see Sam and Luna in the hospital. Um, I feel like when they're pushing them in the in the beds, like she's worried about Luna, Sam's worried about her, and it's just a whole mess. Um, I'm like, you guys are being so rude to this hospital staff. Just <laughs> shut up. I know that poor nurse because she li- he literally walks in and was like I'm not going anywhere, so just fucking suck it. And then Martha comes in. It was like, don't talk to me. I'm like, you talk to me, I will hurt you. And it was like, yeah, was like I'm just trying to do my job. Yeah, but they don't care. They yeah, don't care. Emma went to Martha's house. Huskies are not wolves. I just want that to be stated. Okay, that's a, <laughs> that's a fact. Huskies are yeah. not wolves. Oh, it's like, because I was like, oh, she's a shifter because she became a husky. And they were like, no, she's a wolf. And I was like, she's wolf, yeah. But huskies aren't wolves. They have like wolf ancestry, but show me a dog that doesn't. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So anyways, I'm like, okay, that doesn't make a wolf, but that's fine. So uh, she went to Martha's house and was like, Hey Martha, I don't know. I'm a puppy. <laughs> <laughs> hey girl, <laughs> I'm here. <It's> my mom. <laughs> um, but that was so, smart yeah. of her, though. Yeah, smart. I mean, who else could she go to? Uh, that's a good question. Martha brings Emma to the hospital and is like, Martha, Grandma said if I was quiet, you would get better. Which, what a good fucking way to keep a child quiet. <laughs> you want your mom then, to talk? You want your mom to talk? <laughs> <laughs> Shut the fuck up. And our Luna is like, I don't know, Sam. Should I tell her about what happens? And Sam goes, I'm staying out of this one. Oh, fucking finally. Yes, that's that's fucking my, finally. That's what my notes say. Well, fine. Sam is finally Santa thinks it's definitely not his business. Yeah. It's like, wow, great job. Great job, Sam. <laughs> and so then like whatever luna tells martha about people hunting shifters and i was like i probably shouldn't trust martha but i like her so whatever and so then we see sam talking to andy and he's like people are hunting shifters and andy's like i don't condone vigilante justice and i can't just have you on here and sam's like i can sniff them out i i have all these powers and i can turn into anything you need and i can get into anywhere that humans don't can't get into it i'm like keep your mouth shut this man suspected you of murder like fine i guess tell him that you're supernatural but don't be like i can get into places and no one would ever expect me well he's getting he's uh giving him an ultimatum but andy is one of the reasons why sam he like sam can't be doing police business is he goes andy andy tells him um that he can't help because he hasn't had the proper training and i said that's your entire workforce yeah, Jason didn't have any training. Yeah, Jason was just like, I'm going to tell people you killed a black guy. Ooh, yeah. I'll be on the and then he was like, oh, I guess you passed. I guess you're a cop. <laughs> yeah. But Sam, go on an investigation to help you hunt down whoever these people are? Okay. And Sam was be like, the first time you find the actual murderer. Yeah, and Sam was like, well, I'm just going to do it anyway. So either you can yeah. help me or you can just stand, get the fuck out of my way. And I was like, Sam... I told you the daddy energy, the authority energy. You're just ah. like, yes, love a man who takes charge. It was very like, <laughs> I got to protect my family, you know? Yeah. Ugh, God, we're cancers, so it does something to us. 
Wow, so family oriented. We're like, wow, oh my God, he loves his family. He's not really his family. Oh my God. <laughs> he literally has none now. He doesn't have yeah. family. He doesn't have a real family. Bitch is running out Aww. of family. Poor Sam. <laughs> should watch out. Stuff, bad stuff happens to Sam's families. So next time we see them, Andy is at the gun shop where Sookie went to buy the silver stuff for Tara. And I love the Steve Newland um, uh, poster board (laughs) cutout. I love that. I want one. Um, And Andy is there asking questions about bullets. And Sam walks in and suddenly the guy behind the bar starts acting really weird. Like he can tell that Sam is a shifter, which I'm like, how? How would you know? Yeah, but... He kind of stiffens up and he keeps like shifting eyes at Sam. Um, and then at the, oh, uh, Sam grabbed a hunting bow and attacked him mm-hmm. right before he attacked Sam because mm-hmm. Sam said he could smell his fear and like heart rate change, something like that. that his he survival. Like, he was like, oh, I can yeah, touch survival. That's what, that's right. Yeah. And Andy was like, oh my God, you saved me because Sam. Sam shot the guy with an arrow in the chest. So I'll love to see how they clean this one up. So Lafayette is at the home that his mom is at because he thought that she had a seizure. And she's like, I did have a seizure, but I also saw Jesus. And she is like, hey, this isn't okay. You need to help him. And Lafayette's like, um, I know he's fucking dead. And she is like, well, he came and he talked to me and his lips were stitched together. So I don't know what he was trying to say. Lafayette, he asks if she knows anything else, like if he's okay. And she says that he drank, he's with the man who made him drink goat's blood. And instantly Lafayette's like, God damn it, Don, I know it's you, Don. <laughs> and he he's like, I can't believe this. And so, and he's like, how do you know all of this? And she's like, I don't know. The electricity just flows through me. It always has. And then she's like, you have to go and save Jesus. And then she like gives him a kiss on the lips and is like, Jesus loves you. And then she calls him a slur, which is great. Um, yeah, it was a cute, it was a cute scene, but also I was like, all right, I guess. I said, you gotta love family, always there to give you a little dig right before you leave to keep you humble. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it'll be interesting to see how that continues. If it even unfolds further into future seasons, we'll see if Lafayette's mom's psychic abilities ever get brought up again. Yeah, I feel like they should have set it up where she was like this from the beginning. Instead of now, it's no, she's still schizophrenic. She just can see things, too. I was just thinking that this explained a lot of her behavior, but it was just more of a facet of who she was as a character. It's not like that's why she's in there, because she's crazy and like can see things and nobody believes her. And right. then Lafayette believes her now, but no, she's just crazy, but she can also see things. And that doesn't. Watch them never bring it up again. If they only no. use it only for this one Jesus thing. That's what I'm saying. Well, just she'll just blend into the background forever now. Like uh, Tara's mom, how she stopped showing up, I think, after season three. Yeah, well, she is a reverend now. I bet she doesn't even know. A, well, obviously, she doesn't know Tara's a vampire. But you know what I mean? Like, yeah. she probably thinks Tara's just dead. I don't think she cares. No. When we last saw Jessica and Tara, they were fighting in the bathroom over the wrong white man. And they have taken that fight outside of the bathroom and into Fantasia. And can I just say, this could have been the power couple friendship we all deserved. I know. It's so dumb that they, that a 
a white man ruined this. Hoyt, stupid Hoyt who looks dumb as hell with his dumbass cut off sleeves and his fucking tie on and his stupid eyeliner. I was like, you look dumb. Get out of here. And he got off, off, like watching them fight over him. Yeah. He got off on it. He they like carry this outside, and Pam is watching from the stage and kind of like has a smirk on her face and then is like, okay, Tara, that's enough. Stop. And Jessica's like bruised and bloodied and looking all sad. And and Tara is like, This is my house. And Pam comes by, grabs like a fistful of her hair, and drags her off into the office. And everyone's laughing at her and is like, You did great, and you made me proud. The same way that a human is proud of a well-trained dog. And I was like, well, that's actually pretty high praise because like, think of how happy you are when Rocco does something well. Oh, he doesn't even have to be doing something well. I just look at him and be like, he was such a good boy. Like I just tell him all the time. Yeah. I'm like, that's high praise. (laughs) Like I would think that as a compliment. (laughs) Oh, it's a well-trained dog. Not, I was thinking of like a show dog. I'm like, those show dogs make a fucking ton of money. But yeah, no, it was just well trained. And I'm like, that's even better. This is even easier. Yeah. It's yeah, you should be happy. You should be happy. Yeah. I will take that win. So Jessica for some reason stays at Fangtasia. Why didn't you just leave? Um, but she is feeling sorry for herself at a table when Hoyt comes up and just like slams his hand down and then sits in the bar and is like smiling and he's like, Ooh, I learned something today. And she's like, well, I don't care, but I have a feeling you want to tell me anyway. And he's like, I learned that you still care about me. And she's like, oh, wait. Oh, oh, no. Like, oh, no, wait. <laughs> You've got this all wrong. And then she like zooms around to the other side of the table. And he's like, yeah, you can hurt me. <laughs> you can do whatever you want with me. Be as rough as you want with me. Just do it to me and only me forever. Yeah. And she looks like... I definitely don't know you anymore. Yeah. Like when she last saw him, he was so terrible to her and Mm -hmm. wouldn't let, like wouldn't drink her blood. But now he's Mm -hmm. a a vampire whore. Yeah. He's a fang banger. Yeah. He's a fang banger. And over cockiness does not look good on him. No. He's such an ass. And then when she refuses him and he goes, my blood isn't good enough for you. It gave me, um, like, very much, this isn't a phase, mom. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, this is who I am. Yeah. Because <laughs> she's like, I don't know you, you freak. <laughs> also, can I just say, how many lights are on inside of a vampire bar? This is the most well-lit bar I have ever seen. And it's like, they're literally about to be like, well, closing time. Yeah, I wonder what their electricity does. No wonder Pam's worried about keeping the lights on because there's 87 of them. <laughs> All these chandeliers have the highest wattage, okay? Yeah. No one can see in this damn exactly. place. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so then Hoy is getting sucked dry in the back of an alley by a vampire who's like, uh, your heart rate's slowing down. Shouldn't we stop? And we'd like, keep going. I, I'm ready for death. He doesn't say that, but in my brain, I'm like, he's ready for death. And so this dude is sucking his blood. And then this van drives up and the people in the Obama masks shoot the vampire. And he immediately explodes all over white and they get out of the car. And the guy is like, 
oh shit, wait, Thorntonberry? I heard you were messed up with bangbangers or whatever. And is like, we just saved your life tonight. And then they put him in the van. But can I tell you that this whole arc of like people going through and like pretty much assassinating supernatural creatures and Russell Edgington are both way more exciting than a smoke monster. I agree. I'm over the smoke monster. I'm like, I feel bad for Terry and Arlene, but I would have rather him just stayed normal. And they like pop up every two episodes and we're like, oh, look at that quirky couple. You know? We're still here. We're so happy. Yeah. Oh, we're in love and we're quirky and cute. <laughs> they just had a baby just to keep the plot line going. You, ha- you will never see Mikey yeah. at all ever again. Anyways. So yeah, Hoyt is in the back of a van. And who knows? Who knows what's going to happen to him? Uh, good friends. <laughs> uh, so the only thing we have left is Eric and Bill. Oh, those two. <laughs> oh, those oh. two. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, we did talk about where Eric and Bill glamored Sookie and Alcide. And then they get taken to back to the authority headquarters where they're like partying pretty much. Yeah. And Roman um, brings out like, I guess in, in their world, it's like a treasured like age whiskey, but it's like a bottle of expensive blood. It's on a Australian hemophiliac blood. From like nineteen or the eighteen hundreds or but something. But another thing that keeps making me think it's Salome because she keeps trying to leave to go be like, oh, I gotta go torture mm-hmm. Russell, and then he goes, don't worry, yeah. um, we're just gonna kill him tonight. So if you just want to bring him, put a knife stake on him, I just, it's gonna be quick. Just like I just want to take him out, and she goes, you're gonna yeah. kill him tonight. So like she's so upset about it, and he goes, yeah, and he's just like, yeah, uh, why would yeah, I wait? Go do it. Like he's terrible. And she's like, he keeps saying, like, we need to keep him alive for information. And he's like, why would you trust anything that comes out of his mouth? Like, what information could he possibly give he's us? Like, We're at war. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of monologuing in this episode, which I guess I'm here for. Very Could you imagine if you just, like, every time you spoke to somebody, you just had a monologue? Well, I send you four-minute voice memos, like, pretty regularly. <laughs> so I think I'm already doing that. <laughs> You're living my dream. What's it like? Do you love it? <laughs> I just get long-winded and it's to the point my phone's like, hey, your message is too long. Wrap it up. <laughs> and I start talking and then I forget where I'm going and I'm like, oh, what was I saying? I wish. I wish I could be concise with you, but you get the worst of it. I, I, I like, <laughs> my messages are like 28 seconds long <laughs> I get so proud when you send me something over a minute and I look down it's like three and a half minutes four minutes eight like if they could let me go to eight I would just get a mini podcast like so I'm already doing that are they but I didn't I liked Roman's like the speech he did in the last episode or the maybe the episode before mm-hmm. when everything was going to shit and like that whole thing at the end Bravo. Whoever, yeah. wrote, whoever wrote that was amazing. He is just a really powerful actor. And then combined with like that authoritative, this is how we're doing it. And then amazing writing. 10 out of 10. This genuinely has been like my favorite part of the series is these scenes at the authority. And so they're partying and is and he asked for Russell. But you do, mm-hmm. Eric, um, before that, while they're kind of partying, um, 
Roman looks at Eric and was like, you believe in the Bible, right? Like, you're cool. You, you don't, like, you you think like us too? And he doesn't mm-hmm. want to answer, which I thought was Yeah, he's like, I'm a pacifist. I always thought Eric would do anything to save his own ass. And well, he's grown so much, yeah. okay? He was a child again, and now he's a now man. he's a man. But he finally, like, <laughs> came out that they were their, their brother and sister. Yeah, he literally was like, can I go see Nora? And Roman was like, no, why? And Eric was like, she's my sister. And then they all stared at each other so dramatically. And then Roman went, well, you'll be at the execution, right? And Eric's like, yeah, I'll be there, babe. And then Bill is like, I wouldn't miss an execution. I love them. It's like, okay, Bill, calm down. Eric gets away with it. He does get to go see Nora. And we see Nora praying to Lilith. And as he's just staring at her, because she won't respond to him, uh, he watches Russell get dragged by. And he is screaming about their rights. And Salome says to Nora, they're executing Russell tonight. And all of a sudden, Nora stops praying. She starts smiling. And she's like, oh, my God, it's all part of the plan. She did it. She fucking did it. The plan's coming true. And Erica's like, what are you talking about? Like, will you just answer me? Which she does not. Spoiler alert. So Roman is has like the entire council around him. And he is praying to Lilith. Russell starts speaking over him. And he's like, ever since the Crusades, you've been this way. You're such a stickler for authority. And he's like, all of you are hypocrites and are just hiding behind what you believe. I'm the only honest man here because I love drinking human blood. It makes my dick hard. (laughs) Oh, yep, that's my favorite line. Yeah. (laughs) That's my favorite line. I was like, I want to gorge on human blood, not because some Bible tells me to, because I like it. It makes me feel good. It makes my dick hard. And the (laughs) emphasis this man put on the word dick (laughs) is astonishing. Next time anybody's like, oh, you spent money at TJ Maxx again, I'm going to be like, I am engorged on TJ Maxx because I like it. It makes my dick hard. (laughs) (laughs) That's my new catchphrase. Things make my ass itch and uh, stuff makes my dick hard. (laughs) Yeah, so he says that and Roman's like, okay, are you done? So Roman goes behind Russell and is kind of like, okay, whatever. You've had your fun, but we're killing you. Like, we're right. You're wrong. You're going to die. And it's all dramatic. And then he goes to his iPhone and he presses the I stick button and nothing happens. But then Russell zooms and he grabs Roman and he has a stake to him. And he gives him the true death after saying, peace is for pussies. And then he kills Roman with the true death and he explodes everywhere. And then Nora here is in her cell. And then suddenly she like throws herself back into a back bend, which, oh, so creepy. And she whispers, praise her as she closes her eyes. And uh, yeah, that's the end of that episode. And I thought it was so good. 10 out of 10. Yeah, it was really good. Like, I feel like it is going up from here. But what, this is just episode six? Like, there's so much shit to happen. There's so much to go. There's three baddies right now, and I don't know who to worry about. <laughs> All right. Well, I have a True Blood fact for you. Are you ready? I have been waiting for this. I love this new segment. <laughs> okay. So if anybody else is in here for it, I'm just ready. I'm ready. So this is from whatculture.com, and it is 25 facts you probably didn't know about True Blood. 
So we all know Marianne. We all love Marianne. We all remember the beautiful meat um, statue that was done. And Ashley, I ask, I ask to you, do you believe that that statue was real? Like the meat? Uh, I thought the sticks and everything were real. I mean, okay, I don't know. <laughs> you thought the sticks were real, but what did you think? Did you think the food was real? Well, I assume not, because what do they do? Filming for like 12 hours? You're wrong. The food was real. That's Ew. the part that blew my mind. It cost $500 to make, and they would keep it on set. And uh, the crew spent hundreds of dollars on food and security to protect it from wildlife. They, they bought security for the meat? That is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. They imagine your job that day is to stand guard for meat. So, like, yeah, could you just stand over here and um, just put the meat on the slab again? Yeah, just make sure that nothing eats the meat. Add a few more do. pieces of a brie. Okay, well, that fake was definitely, or that fact was interesting, but I don't think I agree with. I love that. Well, thanks for your facts. I hope you have one next week. I, I will. I've been just enjoying this part of the troop of uh, the part of the podcast that era is unknown to me. <laughs> well, I will come at you every week with a fact and a source. I'm just gonna let it be your thing. I would I would be like, I'll try to add something to the conversation, but then I probably won't. So I'm gonna let that be your thing. <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take the burden. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for sticking with us through another week. Um, yeah, this was a great episode. And I hope that next week is just as good because I was genuinely excited about this one. So uh, yeah, all the people on Reddit who said that it was downhill from the start of season five. Uh, so far, you're wrong. I'm really liking this season. Yeah. I like this better than The Witches so far. I mean, The Witches had a couple of spots in it. But this, the actual plot line is keeping me, is keeping me on my toes. Like to, the next one has to be good because of the buildup. Yeah. I, if next episode is a disappointment, I don't even know what I'll do. I'll, you'll hear about it. <laughs> we'll see you guys next week for a new episode.